to the Bean Ninjas podcast, where you get an all-access pass to see what happens behind the closed doors of a fast-growing global bookkeeping and financial reporting business. On this week's Bean Ninjas podcast, we are taking a little diversion, and we're going to talk to three members of the Bean Ninjas team who are also prolific yogis. We had so much fun talking with Anna, Jane, and Fiona from Bean Ninjas about um, mindfulness and yoga, how they relate to bookkeeping, and they gave us some great tips for parents who, you know, kind of just never really have time for any me time or any fitness and health activities like that, as well as just the very busy career-minded person. And, you know, we all have that experience where it's so hard to turn it off at the end of the day. And they're giving us some great tips and really, really useful information that you can actually put into action starting today. So I'm really excited for you to join us on this episode. It's a really fun diversion for us really interesting information and I'm so so glad that the ladies were all able to join me on this episode so let's get right into it Welcome to another episode of Bean Ninjas, everyone. I am here with my co-host, CEO of Bean Ninjas, Meryl Johnston. Meryl, welcome to the show. Thanks, Elizabeth. And everyone's going to need to excuse my voice this morning. I've had a bit of a cold and my voice is a little bit croaky, so you'll have to bear with me. Well, you but sound great. You sound great. You just have a little bit of that like raspy blues singer voice, so it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> So we have a really cool episode today, and we have three guests with us, so I'm really excited. I know we normally do a little bit of chat about our week, but I want to make sure that all three of our guests get plenty of time to share their wisdom. Tell us about the guests that we have on the show and why you wanted to bring them on. So I'm excited about this episode. We've actually got three Bean Ninjas staff members on the show, Jane, Anna, and Fiona, and What's interesting about these three particular team members is, as well as working at Bean Ninjas, they are yoga teachers. And to, to me and in my own personal life, I found that yoga and mindfulness has really helped me in working hard, but also being able to clear my mind when I'm not at work and, and to focus on other things. And I think there's a lot of health benefits related to yoga and mindfulness. So today on the show, we're going to hear from three different yoga teachers and their perspective about how they include and incorporate yoga and mindfulness into their daily lives as professionals. Well, I am really excited. I My workout personality, if you will, has always been more of, you know, spin bike and running and kind of chasing that runner's high. And so many people have told me for years that I should try yoga and, and it would help with focus and sort of calming down and, you know, maintaining some control when things are really stressful at work. So I feel like I'm going to learn more than anyone from this episode. So I'm really excited. Welcome, ladies, to the show. And I'm just going to dive right in and start chatting with each of you. Jane, you have an interesting story in how you joined Bean Ninjas I believe your husband worked with Meryl when she was just starting her accounting career, right? I found Bean Ninjas through my husband, who used to work with Meryl. It was Meryl's first job out of university at an accounting firm. And 
John worked there and was the audit senior on the job that she was assigned to, and he actually drove her to her first audit client ever. And he was on LinkedIn and saw a Merrill post about being and just looking for accountants and told me about it and then put me in touch with Merrill. And currently I work for being and just part time, which works out absolutely perfect for me since I spend the other days of the week with my son. And as a mother who doesn't want to sacrifice the time with her child for work, it's truly the best of both worlds for me right now. Tell me a little bit more about your background. My background is almost 10 years of external audit at a, a public accounting firm. Um, after university, I worked for four years in Chicago. That's where I was born and raised and then got transferred to the um, firm office in Melbourne, Australia. I moved to Japan three years ago and I currently live in Tokyo with my husband and my almost two-year-old son. So how exactly does yoga benefit your work life specifically? I think that yoga really helps with my concentration. When I'm doing yoga, all I'm thinking about is breathing and actually being in the poses. So I really use that time to try to not let my mind wander, to really work on my breath. And I find that when... I do lose my focus and I do allow my mind to wander. My breath is affected and I find myself actually holding my breath. And that doesn't just apply to when I lose my focus when I'm doing yoga. It actually, happen I actually find that it happens um, throughout the day many times when I'm just um, not concentrating on what I'm doing. Uh, so... I find that in yoga, when you're trying to balance and you're working on your breath, you're just like fully, you're fully in the mode of doing yoga and fully concentrating. And not only do I feel physically recharged after I do yoga, I find that a complete break from technology and a break from the temptation of checking your emails and checking your phone is refreshing and then I can sit back down after I've had a complete break from everything and I just have a clearer mind to begin work again. How did you originally get into yoga and tell me about the type of yoga that you prefer? Because I know there's a lot of different types of yoga and it seems like there's kind of always some new version. Which, which is your favorite right now? I got into yoga when a friend of mine recommended that I try Bikram yoga and from there, it was like love at first try of my very first yoga class. I absolutely love any type of yoga done in a hot room. I find that the heat adds a whole nother layer of challenge. Um, but when heat is not an option, I like doing vinyasa and power flow. I prefer the types of yoga that gets your heart rate up and build your muscle so you're, you're, you feel like you're really using your body, but also incorporating the mindfulness that comes with yoga. I love that. That is awesome. Tell me um, also, I'm curious about your recommendations. So we have listeners from all over the world, which is really cool. And I love that. So I'm sure we have some, you know, professional yogis who are already sort of 
you know, well-versed in yoga and probably do yoga several times a week. And then I'm sure we have lots of folks who, after listening to you, and we'll talk to um, the other two yogis here soon, that, you know, our listeners are going to want to know, okay, it, it sounds great. It sounds helpful and useful and definitely sounds like something I could use. Give us some of your tips. What do you recommend? Um, my biggest recommendation would be you don't have to go to a yoga studio to do yoga. You could throw on a YouTube video. You can download an app on your on your phone and follow a practice from there. There are so many YouTube videos and apps out there. I definitely recommend any practice you do, starting and ending your practice, laying on the mat in what's called Savasana Pose, and counting 10 slow breaths in and out to see if you could calm your mind. And then those 10 breaths, don't let your mind wander. And don't let what something that happened previously in the day creep into your head or what you have to do after you're going to do yoga creep in or what you're going to cook later for dinner. It's actually extremely hard not to let your mind wander for even 10 seconds, but is an excellent test to show how present in the moment you can be. So I guess that's my challenge to try to count to 10 and uh, breathe in and out, slow breaths, and only be thinking about your breathing. Since I have a son and I'm actually currently pregnant, I do yoga two different ways. On Mondays, I do a yoga class with my son. It's kind of like a, it's a mother-children yoga class, so it's geared towards mothers, and children are most welcome and encouraged to come. And my son is usually climbing on me during the class, which, which adds a whole other layer to the challenge of balancing and strength when he's on me. Um, the other way I do yoga is at home, since I find sometimes I find it hard to get to a yoga studio these days with um, all the duties that come with uh, being a mother. So, and also there's very limited options for pregnant women to do yoga in Tokyo. Um, so, I tend to do yoga at home more often than I would go to any studio. I just pull out my yoga mat in the living room, put on music in the background, which gets me in the mood, and uh, do a 30-minute practice on my own. Um, tips for parents and children. Um, sometimes it could be so hard to fit in exercise between school drop-off, work, pickup, grocery shopping, cooking, cleaning. And even when you have time to exercise, often you just don't have the energy to do it. But I find that if, if you're looking for something light that doesn't take too much energy you could do a lighter practice if you're looking for something that uh, you'll use a bit more energy and will get your heart rate up or even uh, you know make you stronger make you break a sweat um, you could find that sort of yoga class as well um, on youtube or on an app uh, there are endless endless classes that you could do um, and endless types of yogas you could do for whatever you're looking for um, so I guess basically the, the hardest part is to actually do it at home, motiv motivate yourself to do it, but um, tell yourself you'll do it for just 10 minutes and then chances are you'll end up doing it for 20. Now, Anna, you also enjoy yoga and are really committed to it in your day-to-day -day life. Give me a little bit of your background and your career. Tell me where you live and what your day looks like from day to day. 
When I finished university, I started working in a small accounting firm where I completed my chartered accounting qualification. That was a great learning experience, and I worked on a wide wide range of clients, some small, some large, from different industries and different sized businesses. I also worked on different types of entities, so individuals, partnerships, companies, trusts, superannuation funds, as well as doing some audit work. After that, I moved into commerce and worked for larger companies, but that first job laid an important foundation and it gave me the skills that, gave me a lot of skills that I could bring to all my future jobs and also helped um, when structuring my own personal finances. I enjoyed my time working for large companies and I had a couple of great roles while living and working in the UK for a little while. That was quite an exciting period work-wise for me. But by the time I returned to to Australia, I realised that for me to succeed, I had to be really passionate about my work. Some people are driven by money and how much they can earn. They always want to go to that next level. And there is plenty of opportunity, but at the end of the day, it comes down to what you're prepared to do or prepared to sacrifice in order to earn it. The hours can be really long and the job quite demanding, and I really need that passion for what I'm doing for it to be sustainable long-term. I don't mind working hard at all, but I definitely need that sense of satisfaction from a job. During our time in the UK, my husband and I managed to save quite a bit of money and we were able to pay for our wedding. Also allowed me to pursue my hobbies of massage and yoga. And as fate would have it, I actually ended up becoming the accountant for the massage college where I studied before eventually leaving to do my yoga teacher training. And once I'd done the yoga teacher training, I wanted to get as much experience under my belt with teaching as many classes as possible. It's something I really love, but definitely not something that you would do for the money. It often requires a lot of driving between different studios and lots of work um, in the early mornings and evenings and also on the weekends. So it can, ter- it can interrupt time at home with a family. It did mean I had a bit of time available during the day though. I live in a gorgeous part of Australia, near Byron Bay. We moved here for my husband's work, but apart from casual hospitality type jobs, there really aren't too many employment opportunities, not for the accounting work that I would have been looking for. It would have meant quite a long drive. And at the same time, my husband and I had also recently gotten a dog who we couldn't leave at home for extended periods. We have a very handsome German shepherd called Jaeger, and we absolutely adore him, but he's more of a commitment than either of us could have predicted. He's a little neurotic and not the most easygoing dog, so that's been a whole new challenge and learning experience again. I was lucky enough to hear about Bean Ninjas, and because I was able to work remotely and get the work done around my teaching commitments, it worked out perfectly for me. My day-to-day schedule can change quite a bit depending on which, stu- which studios I'm teaching at. So I teach at three studios at the moment, but it's an hour drive between them, and that's on the highway. So my weeks 
tend to revolve around my teaching roster, which can vary quite a bit and involve lots of driving. And then my my days tend to revolve around the dog and making sure that he's looked after. It's great to have days when I teach closer to home, but often they can involve early mornings or late nights at a studio that's further away. Those days usually involve me packing up the dog and staying at my mum's place, where she's more than happy to dog sit for us. And the gaps in between all of that is when I get to do the Bean Ninjas work. I wouldn't be able to do that work if it wasn't so flexible, so I'm always grateful for that. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done, but as long as you're organised and you, you can make it work around your other commitments. And when did you become a yoga teacher? How, how did that happen? What was it like? Give me that, that whole scoop. Since university, I'd been, I had enjoyed experimenting with different styles of yoga and enjoyed most of them. I took my first Bikram class in 2006. I thought I was going to die. It was hard. It was hot. There was no air in the room. I'm a person that loves a challenge and hated that I was struggling with these postures within the first few minutes. But basically I was hooked and from the first class already wondering what it took to become a teacher. And that was the same year that I met my husband and I really didn't want to leave for a nine-week teacher training course. So I didn't end up going until 2013. The training was such an incredible experience. It's held twice a year and you just had to go wherever it was. In my case, it was um, in... LA, right in the LAX precinct. There were more than 300 people all doing the training, sharing a hotel room with a random person. The nine weeks, is it's essentially designed to break you down and build you back up into a much stronger, more invincible version of yourself. And there are so many crazy stories from that training. I remember my first class at the training They had these huge heaters at the back of a ballroom just pumping in this hot air. It it felt and it sounded kind of like what I imagined hell would be like. I'd been in hot classes, but this was just on another level completely. And to this day, I think they just wanted to weed out uh, a lot of people in that first week. The training... It was nine weeks, involved 11 classes a week, and a class is usually 90 minutes, um, but these ones were never 90 minutes, somewhere two and a half hours. Usually the heat is around 40 degrees, which I think is 104 degrees Fahrenheit for you guys, and 40% humidity. But yeah, I think it was always a lot hotter than that. (laughs) Throughout the training, we had medical staff Um, nearby or always on standby as plenty of students became dehydrated you can imagine with all that heat having to go on a drip wasn't uncommon and outside this hot room there were multiple spew buckets and towels that were laid out on the floor for people who collapsed or needed to be carried out thankfully nothing like that happened to me but I do remember a class where I couldn't move from my mat for a long time after it finished the room had pretty much cleared out and I noticed like my roommate also had a tough class that day. Eventually I managed to crawl over to where she was where I just lay there for another 
10, 15 minutes. My hotel room was, it was only a few stories um, up a few flights of stairs, but it, it took me about 45 minutes to get back there, just staggering there after class. And you couldn't, you couldn't miss a class, otherwise you'd have to do a makeup class on Sunday. And that was the day off, the only day off. Apart from all this physical training, we were doing posture clinics, anatomy classes, lectures, and trying to nail our dialogue. These would be run well past midnight, sometimes past 2 a.m. And if you fell asleep in any of these lectures, a staff member would be kind enough to walk around and wake you up. Amongst all of this, we'd be tested on our dialogue. We had to get it word for word. So pretty soon the hotel we were staying at was full of zombie, zombie-like yogis just mumbling and muttering to themselves. I felt sorry for all the other guests that were staying at the hotel. And it took me many months after we got back from training for me to stop repeating the dialogue in my head over and over. The training, the experience really pushed everyone. I'd been determined to do the training for seven years, so I kind of knew what to expect from talking to so many other instructors along the way. Of course, I got tired and sore like everyone else, but I never once wavered or doubted myself. I did see a lot of meltdowns and tears during those weeks, though. Can you imagine all those absolutely fatigued and sleep-deprived people living so close together? It doesn't take much for someone to get cranky. I saw people lose it over the smallest things. One person wanting the air conditioning turned on, the other person wanting it turned off, or roommates receiving overseas calls in the middle of the night. But it was an amazing bonding experience, and I don't think there's anything that compares to it. How often do you practice yoga? I know you practice and you teach. How often do you, do you practice? How often do you, are you teaching right now? Practicing four classes a week would be ideal for me. Three is good. If life gets busy sometimes, I can only fit in one or two. That's okay. If I can't get to a hot studio, then I try and do some home practice. On the other hand, I do love my food. And if I've been on an indulgent holiday or I'm feeling a little bit on the heavier side, I know that I just need to get in there and work hard and sweat it all off. And for me, that's one of the the best benefits of of hot yoga and Bikram. I also see, teach a style called yin yoga, which is very different again and quite calming and working um, on deeper tissues in the body. But it's a beautiful complement to the Bikram style. I'm quite strong, but I tend to get tight and tense, so I try to try to incorporate a few of those yin yoga poses regularly. And I love trying to do some before I go to bed. It really just helps to wind down. When I was teaching full-time, I'd do as many classes, or teach as many classes as I could. Um, we don't, we stand up, a, up on a podium when we teach Bikram and verbally instruct the students. Um, so even though you're not doing the postures with the students, it's still... Uh, physically very much an exertion being in that heat and humidity and and sweating so much so you have to be careful not to deplete yourself and to make sure that you're staying on top of um, electrolytes 
It's interesting to me that we get to talk about yoga on a bookkeeping services podcast. Yoga and accounting seem kind of worlds apart from each other in some ways. Um, They seem like definitely very different interests and kind of you have to be in a separate headspace for each. Um, Tell me a little bit about how do you transition? And I think this is a great question for you to answer because whether you're transitioning from bookkeeping to yoga or a sales job to yoga or running a company or starting a business, there has to be, I would think, some process, you know, to get you from the kind of crazy work day mindset to a yoga mindset. So tell me a little bit about how how you have mastered that transition and what can we do to, to achieve the same result. Yoga and accounting seem like quite different interests and headspaces, a question about getting in the right headspace for them both. I guess they are quite different, but I feel like there are so many diametrically opposing parts that make up my personality. For example, I think part of me is a bit of a control freak. I like being tidy and organized, knowing exactly what I have to do, when I have to do it by how I'm going to get it done. I like to have a plan. And even if things don't always go to plan, and I guess maybe that's where the accountant part of me is fulfilled. Then there's another side of me that hates boring. I'm someone that needs excitement and adventure. I love an adrenaline rush. I love traveling and being spontaneous. And nothing fills me with such a sense of despair as Groundhog Day and not having something exciting to look forward to. I think I think yoga helps to fill this need of mine and it's somewhat of a creative outlet for me. Physically and mentally, I feel like I'm an all or nothing type person. I love to train hard and then after that I'm perfectly happy being a couch potato and binge watching TV series. Mentally, I wish I could say that I've mastered my mind, but of course I haven't. I've always had an overactive mind, and that comes with pros and cons. It means I consider a lot of potential alternatives or consequences, and I'm often stink- often um, thinking a few steps ahead, but it also probably wastes unnecessary brain power and energy. It's a little bit of a monkey mind that requires taming. On the flip side, though, Once I am able to set my focus on a particular task or issue, problem that needs solving, I'm just like a dog with a bone. I won't let it go until it's resolved. And I find yoga, it really helps with this. Everyone has different perceptions of meditation. I think a stereotypical image of a yoga or a meditation teacher is someone who may or may not have plenty of tattoos and mala beads sitting in the lotus position. But I'm not like that at all. I've tried so many times in the past to adopt a formal meditation practice, only to figure out in the end that I just need to do what works for me. And for me, meditation doesn't mean clearing or emptying my mind of thought, but instead being able to harness and direct that thought. I personally prefer guided meditations, if left to my own devices, my mind likes to wander off like a easily distracted puppy. 
And what I love about yoga is being able to focus all my thought and energy towards one objective. All unnecessary thought goes out the window. I think a very physically challenging class demands that even more. You can't afford to be distracted. You really need that presence and that awareness in every single moment. Otherwise, you can risk injury. Plus, you get all the incredible physical benefits as well. It's the perfect balance of working hard, but it also gives your mind a chance to relax and recharge. For a number of years, you've been focused on yoga teaching, but I understand that you are currently preparing to go back into accounting full-time. Tell me about that decision. What brought it about? What does the future hold for you, and, and what are you excited about? Hmm. This just happened recently, and it, com- it came completely out of the blue. I was enjoying what I was doing work-wise, a good combination of teaching yoga and also doing bookkeeping work. I did feel like change was in the wind for my husband and I, but I thought it would relate more to a a potential move away from our area. As I spend a few days a week away already for teaching, and we're often away on weekends as our friends and our commitments take us elsewhere, it doesn't really feel like where we're living is working for us anymore. And we thought a move away might revolve around my husband's work, so it was a big surprise to receive a call and a job offer from my previous previous boss at the massage college I used to work for. Since leaving, my boss and I remained in contact and always bump into each other at the local coffee shop. And he was very generous and offered quite a bit of flexibility in the role, which obviously is important to me. The team we had and, and still have at the massage college was great. And the boss has always remained a bit of a father figure, even to people who have left over the years, always providing suggestions or helping them start their own business. Uh, So he already knew what my personal circumstances and challenges were and was happy to work with that. The role is close to but not quite full time. And as long as I'm at one of the campuses a couple of days a week, I can do the rest from home. Not many places would place that kind of responsibility and trust in me. And having done the role previously, I was obviously quite a good choice or candidate for the role. It made sense in that we already had that working relationship previously. I knew who I'd be working for and exactly what I would be stepping into. However, taking that opportunity meant leaving bin ninjas And that was a decision that made me really sad. I've been with them for two years now and seen so much growth and change during that time under Meryl's direction. For for quite a few companies over the year and over the years and seen lots of different leadership styles. What I love about Bean Ninjas is the culture that's being fostered and how much a part of the team we all feel, even though we work remotely. I'm not sure about people's ages, but we're definitely a fresh, young-at-heart group. Everyone's enthusiastic and supportive. They genuinely care about each other, and we're all working towards growing the business together. 
The company is very transparent and everyone's involved. Feedback and suggestions are invited and really listened to. And Meryl's great at sending updates and monthly updates and videos about what's going on in the business, what our focus is. We all get to help implement the change. I really admire Meryl's leadership. She's still young but incredibly capable, very competent and has the ability to take a problem, break it down, identify the issues, come up with solutions and make it seem really easy. Not many people I've worked for can actually do that, even more experienced people. Well, at least not that well. I've seen a lot of Band-Aid solutions and ones that aren't really thought through with a long game in mind. So seeing all the change and the strategic plans that are being put into place, revamping systems, etc., it's been really interesting. We're laying the, the groundwork and the foundation so that we can grow and, and have these systems in place to cope with that. I'm really going to miss being a part of all of that. I'd like to think that I've learned a lot that I can take with me to my new role. You know, when I was young, I loved the show MacGyver. And one day my best friend gave me a shirt that said, what would MacGyver do? There are lots of new challenges in the role that I'm going back to. There's been a lot of change and growth. Um, so it's, it's quite daunting for me, especially in these early days. But I think when, when I come across a new problem, I'm probably going to stop and ask myself, what would Meryl do? Fiona, you are the third yogi to join the show today, so thank you also for joining us. We're having so much fun talking uh, with your other two uh, counterparts here from Bean Ninjas about yoga. I'm learning so much. I know that our moms and other dads who have kids at home have learned quite a bit. We're learning about transitioning from the chaos of the workday back into a sort of mindset where you can really you know, be very present for a yoga class. Tell me a little bit about your background. How did you come to join Bean Ninjas? Did you know that you had a lot of other yogis on board here when you joined? Tell me a little bit about it. I have a background in law and finance. I worked in institutional cross-border finance and commercial banking with ANZ for 10 years, which gave me a really good grounding in working in uh, an international environment. I practice as practiced as a solicitor prior to that and uh, and had a, a pretty solid legal background as well, which gave me, I guess, the diversity at the time that um, Bean Ninjas was looking for uh, when I uh, came to work with Merrill. I'm based on the Gold Coast. I'm currently staying in Tasmania with family for a few months. I have a, a six-month-old baby and I'm currently on maternity break, so I'm taking advantage of the family support. My average day is a 12 or 13 hour work day that starts at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. Last night it started at 12.30 midnight um, and usually it ends at 6.30 p.m. With the, um, with the bath and bed routine and the daytime routine is a, a routine of feeding, sleeping, playing slash entertainment repeated uh, until the bath time with the household chores thrown in and outings, checking emails, doing banking, managing my Airbnb uh, and my, my car, which is on the car next door platform, 
Um, so I'm in the share economy. So balancing all those things at the moment, it's a really different day to, to what I used to be, which was the Monday to Friday, nine to five or, you know, eight to six as it happens. I'll be returning to work, uh, in the, in the next uh, few weeks. So I'm really excited. I'll just be doing a few hours a week, but, uh, that will put me at capacity, uh, with my, with my other job at the moment of being a mum. And we've heard from the other girls also about their thoughts about yoga and mindfulness and business and kind of having it all happening together in everyday life. What's your perspective on that? Tell me a little bit about how you feel and think about that. I launched my own project management business while I was living in South America last year. Working was remotely was something I fell into rather than um, pursuing Although um, my work at ANZ, we were allowed to work remotely uh, and flexibly and we worked internationally. So I was used to working in the office from Singapore or Melbourne or Sydney um, or home uh, as was required. So I, I was familiar with how to work with the technology and knew my strengths and weaknesses when working remotely and how I worked with um, remote teams, which was a really good grounding um, for me. Prior to setting up my business, I'd sought Meryl's advice about online opportunities in the market and after setting up was able to report back to her that I was hitting my targets and getting good clients and work and enjoying the experience. I'd known Meryl for several years through surfing and we'd talked about our lives as professionals when we both worked in traditional firms. For Meryl, that was accounting. For me, that was law. And Meryl had uh, introduced me to the, the famous four-hour work week and I'd followed her journey as she'd set up Bean Ninjas. I really believed in her dream and I was stoked to see uh, when she was making it happen. Um, she had some projects she needed help with as the business was growing and I was happy to jump at the chance knowing that our values were similar and I really liked the idea of supporting someone who I felt was making a difference and that I, that I trusted. I, I wanted to help her succeed in any way that I that I could. I really wanted to be part of that. Um, it, it meant more to me than, than just a paycheck or working for um, an institution. My background is diverse and I love a challenge, so I was able to take on varied projects. So built from one project to the next to the next as as we figured out my strengths and weaknesses and I got to know the team and, um, and Meryl could, and I could work out how we worked together and I then took over different areas of the business um, as operations manager. So it worked um, really, really well and, and grew so quickly from that one one opportunity. You also have a young baby at home and we hear all the time from mothers and fathers, but most especially from mothers, that, you know, balancing work and career, bosses and coworkers and things like yoga. I mean, you almost never hear parents say that they even have time for a regular, you know, routine fitness um, activity, especially parents of young babies. So tell me a little bit about mindfulness with young children from your perspective. I've always used exercise or surfing or yoga as a way to create a positive mindset. And I'm an early riser, so I always do one of those things to start the day. And I'd use that time to focus and organize my thoughts and ideas and days, uh, day and emotions. 
I find that if I start out with a positive mindset, uh, it lasts the day and it helps me meet any obstacles or challenge. And even if it doesn't last the whole day, it does help me get around those obstacles and, and challenges. So I think, well, you know, I had a, if something um, happened that didn't go my way, then, you know, no big deal. It was a bad morning or a bad hour, or, you know, bad meeting, but I learnt lessons and we all, and moved on. Um, it was really a, a daily practice of setting aside um, a time for setting intentions and clearing the mind. Uh, and that and that's how I normally operate. Being a mum changes the game significantly, and and those things that I'd used for mindfulness and um, and my yoga practice uh, are completely eroded. Those tools that you have are no longer in the in the toolbox. You definitely cannot surf um, with a baby, <laughs> um, but you find ways around it. Um, so yeah mindfulness with young children that's yeah big lessons for me and, I, and I'm still learning I'm I'm only a mum for six months so far so it's a new job I've only only been in the job for six months and there's so much that I've learned already and so much to learn firstly when you're caring for an infant it's all consuming you literally have no time or brain space for yourself and and as I mentioned you can't get access to the tools you used to you can't just go for a run um, and a young baby means that you don't get to sleep or exercise or um, get through a whole hour of yoga when you want or need. Um, so for me, I had to learn that I could do um, breathing exercises instead of a physical practice um, and and how crucial sleep was as well, that without sleep I, I, I didn't wake up feeling like exercise and then I wasn't as um, mentally sharp either. Um, so there were those building blocks that, that I realised that had to come first. Uh, and secondly, a lot happens. So much is crammed into the first few months for um, a little being. And those first six months can feel like six years. It's a lot to process and it's it's constant change um, that your mind has to absorb and, and be okay with it. Um, you have to find balance in, in a situation that's changing all the time. And also it's it's quite lonely and isolating and, and people say that um, when when you go from, from working 40-plus hours a week and having a team around you to being a team of two and the other member of the team is, you know, one month old, it, it's, it can be really isolating. You don't have that old social um, work network there to help you through the day and and things like the baby getting sick or having a bad night, if if the baby's sick, you won't be heading out for a few days. So you'll be, you know, housebound and, and any plans you've made are scrapped. So it's a really different mindset um, from from that as a child-free life where, you know, plans are plans and, and, and what you, you think you're going to do most of the time works out that way. Um, the way I've handle this change is to make the most of the moments I can to take time for myself at the time in the shower um I, I was never a long shower person but gosh I relish the shower these days and the the peace and quiet um for those few minutes and and also when yogi's falling asleep when my work day's concluding uh, with him and he's he's falling asleep I, I sort of download um mentally then and try and meditate a little bit and uh, and, and have those thoughts and feelings that I'm, I'm just too busy. The other 
uh, 23 hours of the day. And with mindfulness, I guess, in having a baby, it really has forced me to be in the present moment. When you're feeding and you're sitting on the couch for hours a day, it's so easy to let your mind wander and think about what you need to be doing, washing, paying the bills. Oh, I need to call a friend and oh, I need to get that and, and running through those mental lists. But you, 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 can't, you can't be doing those things. You can't be anywhere else than where you are and you have to accept that. And it, it's kind of forced upon you that there isn't anything more important than comforting or feeding this little being and and that I guess is is really true mindfulness and acceptance. Has your role at Bean Ninjas changed since you had a child and if so in what way? My role at Bean Ninjas has changed lots um, since having a child. Uh, I've, I've only just starting to come back from maternity break now but while I was on maternity break, I was able to keep up with what was happening in the business by following social media and Slack communication channels. We stockpiled lots of blogs before I went on leave and they've been published while I'm away. So I've been able to share those and comment and stay um, visible and involved with uh, social communities and my LinkedIn network. So that's been really important and I've valued that a lot. Um, and, and, and hopefully also it's been of, of benefit to the business as well and, and to other mums that, that they can see that um, I'm able to be visible and relevant um, and not to set unrealistic expectations either um, that I'm not sailing through and, and back in the office and winning everywhere. I'm just doing little bits and pieces as I can. Um, during my break I've always checked in with uh, Meryl every few weeks and that's made me feel like I'm still a valued member of the team while I'm fulfilling an entirely different role and so when you've got terrible sleep deprivation and and you feel like it's going to go on forever it, it's really nice to um to keep that in check and know that well one day life will go back to um a different norm like a new norm but you'll be in the office and it'll, it'll be the same old stuff and um, it won't be like like it is uh, all the time, the new normal. So, I'm, yeah, returning to Bean Ninjas now um, and uh, it's really um, uncharted territory for me as a first child and my son um, can now cope with me away from him for a couple of hours so that's really the time that's freed up for me to to work and the focus for me would be on things that are less time critical and less meeting um, focused so that I can under promise and over deliver um, obviously working remotely allows me to be a little bit more flexible around my hours I'll always have that window after the baby goes to bed to to try and do things um and also it's been uh, great to be able to base myself into state with family um, while Yogi's young and I can uh, rely on the village that's here in Tasmania um, as I as I start to build my time back up at work, um, which is fantastic, an amazing opportunity and I'm um, so grateful that uh, I work in an environment, have uh, an employer that 
is of that mind. It's fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to returning. I've missed my ninja family and, and the commercial world as, as much as I love um, my son. Once again, thank you so much, Anna, Jane, and Fiona, for joining us on this podcast episode today. It was really fun talking with you all. For the Bean Ninjas super fans, remember to check out the blog at beanninjas.com slash blog. If you have questions for the yogis or for Meryl, we are more than happy to bring your questions on board and answer them in future episodes. So feel free to uh, ping us on Twitter at uh, Bean Ninjas. And you can also friend us, like us on Facebook, leave us a message there on any questions that you have that you'd like to ask, whether it's about uh, mindfulness and yoga or bookkeeping services, accounting practices. We want to hear from you. So definitely reach out on any of those avenues and let us know what your questions are. Give us your input and feedback and join us right back here again next week for another episode of the Bean Ninjas podcast.